On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by cardiologist Dr. Paddy Barrett, chatting all things cardiovascular disease. The way I look at this is that the the two statistics that everyone should really be aware of is cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death globally and in most developed nations, but it's also the most preventable. 90% of it can be prevented at an early stage if you just follow the right steps and formula. So I look at it as a, a scary opportunity. As ever available on all podcast platforms. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time Imon Irokti Yen of Chacht Erachor, Agasuligam, a Makan Shah, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, on Kestin Echol. Vientalam Aginom Griv, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Hello and welcome to a special episode of The Left Wing. So it's a clean sweep of wins for Ireland this November. They've beaten Australia 13 points to 10 at the Viva Stadium, which makes it a record equaling 12th victory at home for Ireland. Now, Keane Tracy is at the Viva Stadium for us. Keane, they got the win. There were joyous scenes at the end when Craig Casey kicked the ball out. And Andy Farr just said there that they found a way to win. But it wasn't the game or the performance we expected from Ireland. No, that's putting it lightly, Sinead. Um, it was scrappy. It was ill-disciplined uh, from both teams, you'd have to say. I was just looking at the final penalty count there. It was 12 penalties each. And once you go above double digits, it's not usually acceptable at international level, particularly for an Irish team who pride themselves on their discipline. The Aussies have been pretty indisciplined uh, all year and it's hampered them. But um, yeah, look, a lot. Like I don't even know where to start with the, with the sloppiness. The the mall was sloppy. The breakdown was an absolute mess. Um, I thought Ben O'Keefe's officiating officiating of it maybe played into that a little bit. Both teams seem to have major frustrations with it. Uh, James Slipper all afternoon in his ear, you could hear it on the ref mic. The Aussies were were furious with how Ireland were, what they said, lying on the wrong side. But I think Ireland were equally frustrated as well. So all in all, it made for a scrappy watch. Um, we thought the atmosphere might be raucous with the eight o'clock kickoff. It wasn't really. And you know what? I wouldn't really blame the crowd for that. I just don't think the team gave them enough to shout about now, to be fair, in the build-up to the try. And it was a really well-worked try. It was a long time coming. Uh, a huge roar went up even when they put the ball into the corner for the line-out. So um, it was disappointing. a disappointing performance. I think you probably Andy Farrell would probably look at the, the positives, but I think behind the scenes he'll know that this is this won't be good enough uh, going forward into next year. But they, like you said there, Sinead, they found a way to, to get a job done. And that's not a bad trace to have as a team. We've seen them be sensational over the summer in New Zealand. But if you're able to develop a habit of winning ugly as well, that's no bad thing. Because I think I made this point um, on one of our pods before. The journey from here until the World Cup, which is exactly what this is, is not going to be plain sailing. There's going to be hiccups along the way. But if you're if a hiccup is counts as beating Australia 13-10 at home, then you take that every day of the week, wouldn't you? Like the words Andy Farrell used last week about that performance against Fiji were like awful and underwhelming. And he def- definitely, from what I just saw right there, has come out a bit more positive. But as you say there, Keen, what is this telling us about where Ireland are at now? Because they now we'll, we'll get on to Johnny Sexton and his his withdrawal in a while. But what does it tell us about where Ireland are at? 
well, that is the elephant in the room that Johnny Sexton wasn't playing again today and the, the standards did drop. Um, it's been a strange November, I think, overall. Like, I mean, the results have obviously been good if you look at just pure three wins. And like you said, they've set a record equaling 12 consecutive home win. But there's been the, the, the attack hasn't really fired in all cylinders. It's been really patchy. I think in terms of building depth, it hasn't been, I would say, overly encouraging, apart from a few guys like, you know, Jimmy O'Brien has obviously made huge strides uh, coming in. But I think overall, I think Andy Farrell would have liked to have gotten a little bit more from, from the month. So where... Does it tell that Ireland are well? They're going to finish the year as the number one ranked team in the world. I think, I think everyone would t- probably take that with a pinch of salt, particularly when you know you look at that game that France and South Africa played last week. So I don't think anyone internally, especially, will be getting overly excited. But again, if you're building a habit of winning ugly, it's no bad thing. And just to touch on the Johnny Sexton thing, I I think that is a concern. If I'm being honest, you know, um, you think back to. Paris was the game that they lost in the Six Nations. Johnny Sexton wasn't playing. Ireland, you know, left their standards, dropped there. He went off in the first test in New Zealand. Ireland left their standards, dropped there as well, and they ended up losing the game. And he comes back for the second and third test, and they win the series. And, you know, last week we had Joey Carberry coming into the team, and, okay, it was a pretty underwhelming performance against Fiji, but it was a little bit similar today, I thought, for Jack Crowley. He didn't do... A whole pile wrong but it's just it's very hard to replace I mean you're over in Monaco Sinead Johnny Sexton could be crowned world rugby player of the year potentially tomorrow so it's very difficult to come in and replace a guy of that caliber but re- ultimately that's what Andy Farrell needs um, to me the way Johnny Sexton kind of pulled out last minute um, you had a guy like Ross Byrne and we'll obviously get on and talk about him but it felt like almost a World Cup scenario because we've seen this we've seen this story happen so many times with late injuries and guys having to come in but uh, yeah like I, I still think it's concerning I still, still think you're coming away from November thinking Ireland are very very reliant on Johnny Sexton to get the attack uh, the attack moving because so many dropped balls like which you can't really legislate for but just it's just standards and Andy Farrell has really you know set those standards high and I think you know it's interesting I haven't been down to the press conference yet but it's interesting to hear that his initial thoughts on TV were positive because I think privately like he'll be letting the players know that if that was a sick, you're going into Six Nations, like a performance like that isn't going to be good enough and definitely not going to a World Cup with a performance like that be good enough. Do you think uh, Sexton's late withdrawal, and we just heard about it 15 minutes before the start of the game, do you think that really rattles them? I, Prime were reporting that it was because of a calf injury that he picked up in the warm-up and not that dead leg that he had from the South Africa game. But they, they kind of looked rattled at the start. And there was that drop, drop ball from Jameson Gibson Park as well. Yeah, so the official line from the IR Fusionate is that it was a calf injury. Now, I saw um, there's a picture doing the rounds of him doing the captain's toss, and you can see his leg is heavily strapped. So maybe it was the, the dead leg that hadn't quite recovered. But you know what? Like this, It was a great opportunity for Jack Crowley to come in. And, you know, I, I do agree. I think Ireland probably were a little bit rattled because not only are you losing your talismanic out half, you're losing your captain as well. So Peter O'Mahony has to step in now. You know, that's, you know, that's no bother to him at all. But losing a player of that cal- calibre and your captain when you've been training all week together, of course, it's going to have a knock-on effect. But 
you know, again, if we're looking at it through the prism of a World Cup, it's no harm to have that now rather than in, you know, France next year when Johnny Sex, there's no guarantee that he's going to play every game, particularly given his um, injury record. So Jack Crowley came in and he did fine. He did fine. But I just, I think, like I said, like Joey Carberry did fine last week as well. But at this level, fine doesn't really cut it, particularly if, you know, you want to take the jersey off at a 37-year-old. So um, I think plenty to work on, but certainly I wouldn't be pinning the blame at all on the stoppiness on Jack Crowley. I thought the pack uh, had a really tough afternoon, a tough evening. Like I said, the, the breakdown was an absolute mess as well. So it's very hard to, to gain momentum off the back of that. Yeah, you've, you've mentioned two of the out-halves today. We haven't mentioned Ross Byrne. Uh, like, it looked like that Bundiaki try after 66 minutes might have done it for Ireland, but then, obviously, Australia rep- replied. And Ross Byrne, who wasn't even meant to be on in the match day squad, and stepped up. And, you know, a pretty good clutch kick from him. And, you're, you know, you'd be happy for him to have done that as well. What a moment. I mean, he wasn't yeah. even supposed to be in the squad, obviously, all week. He, he came in on Monday evening when Johnny Sexton was still carrying that dead leg. And, you know, if, if people are calling a spade a spade and being honest here, you know, Ross Byrne's international future looked really in doubt because he just hasn't really featured that often in, under Andy Farrell. I think his last appearance was against France in the 2021 Six Nations. And, you know, he's been overtaken by Jack Crowley, obviously. Kieran Frawley's been in there, but... In fairness to him, if there's one thing that you can always rely on Ross Byrne, it's a clutch kick. We've seen him do it time and time time again um, for Leinster. I even remember the the clutch kick he kicked uh, against Ulster here at the Aviva uh, in the Champions Cup quarterfinal a few years ago. So it was a massive, massive kick. It was a massive moment for him personally. And like you said, you can't but be happy for a guy like that. You know, he he won't be naive enough to know that like a lot of people were were writing him off now. I don't know what it means in, in terms of his, you know, international aspirations going forward. But Andy Farrell knows that he has a guy there that he can rely, re, rely on when it comes to the crunch. Because, I mean, with the stakes that high and the kick was so tough, like it was on the angle, on the touchline, and he bisected the post, like absolutely bisected it. So a brilliant, brilliant moment. And the roar that went up at the Aviva here was, it was class. Like it just felt like a big moment. And, you know, it felt like almost like a knockout game, you know, like I keep coming back to the World Cup prison, but like it felt almost like, you know, a, a knockout game. So, um, yeah, huge, huge moment for Ross Byrne. And like I said, you know, to be delighted for him. You mentioned the Ireland attack there earlier. Mike Cat said in the build up to this game that the Ireland attack hasn't fired yet in this window. What's going on there? Yeah, I don't know. I think you'd have to give some allowances when you're playing against the Springboks because their defence is so good. And like like we've already touched on, when Johnny Sexton wasn't playing last week, the standards dropped. When Johnny Sexton wasn't playing this week, the standards dropped. So you can still see how reliant they are on them. But when you don't have the platform, Sinead, it's very difficult to... For like especially for Jack Crowley coming in making his first start, it's very difficult to expect an out half to play off that. Uh, like I said, the breakdown was just so messy. I was yeah, my, I was sitting next to Rudd um, in the press box, and we were actually talking about this midway through the first half. We just haven't seen Ireland get into too many of their shapes with the, the the front row getting on the ball. Like it happened once or twice, but not too often. You're kind of wondering. I doubt this is the case, but you're kind of wondering if they're keeping almost something back a little bit because you know maybe teams are figuring them out a little bit so that is the big challenge because we've seen it happen after 2018 Ireland thought they had it figured out that you know they were the number one ranked team in the world their attack was firing albeit in a very very different way 
Whereas now the challenge is to make sure to keep adding strings to their bows because I think it has been evident over the three games and actually in the the A game that opposition teams are doing their homework more than ever now. Like, why wouldn't they? When, when you have such a brilliant attack defense coaches are going to be all over that to try and shut it down so that's the big challenge for Ireland and I would go back to my original point my glass is definitely half full uh, even though if teams are figuring them out Ireland are still finding a way to get the job done and get these wins because I think a few a couple of years back this is the type of game that they probably would have lost at the end and like you said when they when Bundyaki scored that try and it was a great moment for Bundyaki to be fair as well like I mean he's been out for the last two months by his own doing it must be said but a great moment to come back and score the try but for Ireland to have switched off and conceded a really sloppy try I would say Andy Farrell would be furious with um, like Craig Casey ended up at the outside centre channel like I mean just totally totally uh, disjointed and the defence has been pretty good you'd have to say under Simon Easterby with uh, Andy Farrell obviously overseeing it as well so there's plenty of scope for improvement and you know Again, is that really a bad thing? Like if, you know, Australia hadn't turned up tonight and Ireland had pumped them, you know, are people going to get ahead of themselves? Like, wouldn't say it was a reality check by any means, but it just kind of keeps everything, you know, keeps everyone's, everyone grounded, I, I would say. So it's a great way to finish the year. It's been a hugely successful year. Um, like everyone will always remember the what they achieved in the summer, but to round it off with a clean sweep of... Um, victories against two of the three big three uh, Southern Hemisphere teams which means in the same calendar year I think it's the first time in 20 years uh, a team has beaten the the big three Southern Hemisphere teams in in the same year so look when you when you rattle off those kind of stats and stuff you can't really argue with uh, what they've achieved but like I said plenty of scope for improvement yeah no absolutely keen thanks very much for that well that's it from us I'll have a special podcast from Sunday's World Rugby Awards here in Monaco where the likes of Josh van der Fleer and Johnny Sexton are in the running for Men's Player of the Year they'll be flying over here on Sunday so we'll see how that night goes till then though bye for now